Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Lineup with Dave Prodan, presented by Michelob Ultra Pure Gold. I'm Dave Prodan, and this is episode 35. The WSL Big Wave Awards are well underway, featuring some of the most mind-blowing waves of the 2019-2020 Big Wave season. You can check them out at worldsurfleague.com backslash bigwaveawards. And our guest today features prominently in this year's Big Wave Awards. They're someone who may just be the most accomplished all-around surfer on the planet. They're a national longboard champion and an international amateur longboard champion. They've won QS events and qualified for the Elite Championship Tour. They're a World Sup champion and previous winner of the Nazare Toe Challenge, as well as defending winner of Performer of the Year and Biggest Wave of the Year at the WSL Big Wave Awards. That qualifies them as a contender for the most accomplished all-around surfer, right? And Kyle Lenny really needs to step up his game. Please enjoy the lineup's low-tide conversation with France's Justine Dupont. The good old clap, take one. That's right. How many of you knew what you wanted to be when you were seven years old? I did. I wanted to be a world champion. Hey, is there honesty involved in this podcast? Can we be honest? We can shut your fucking lips. And then I'll just say, put them up once. Let's go. He's like, you look too pretty on the wave. Get ugly. We can talk about DMT if you want. It's not your boxing. All right, Justine DuPont joining the lineup at Low Tide. Thanks so much for talking to us today. Hi, thank you. Thanks a lot for, for the invitation. Yeah, of course. How are you doing today? Where are you today? And who are you with? I'm in Nazare, in Portugal. I'm with my boyfriend, Fred, Fred David. And um, yeah, we, we've been in France for, for 10 days just to visit the family. And uh, we are back, back, uh, back to Portugal since yesterday. So in, in between travel, when we could travel, do you now kind of split your time living between France and Portugal? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I definitely spend way more time in Portugal, in Nazare uh, right now. Uh, but through the year, yeah, I spend more time in Nazare. But uh, I like to go back to France to visit the family, to spend a few, few days there. And um, actually, it's summertime in France, and the sandbank were really good, so it was good to to, to surf with a short board as well. Uh, even if Nazare, you've got so many beaches that really good good for for shortboarding as well. But uh, yeah, it feels good to to go back to France. But uh, yeah, when I'm traveling or when I'm going to Paris, I, I I try to stop by and to to say hello to all my friends there and uh, spend a little bit of time. Uh, in the southwest of France. Now, sure. did you surf today in Portugal? Or are you going to surf? Because I think you guys in Europe were on a pretty heavy lockdown during the quarantine, and it's only been in the last few weeks that you've been able to, to get out there and surf again. Is that right? Yeah, uh, I was kind of lucky because we, we were in, uh, in Nazare, and it was right at the, the end of the season. So we had a tough season and uh, yeah, a really good season. So it was intense, and it, it felt good to to be at the house and, um, you know, to, to do other things. And um, so, so the timing was perfect for us, even if um, uh, it wasn't perfect uh, for sure huh, to have this, uh, this situation, situation. But we were in Portugal, in Nazare, and uh, people there was really, really respectful. And um, it wasn't the same lockdown than in France, because mm. in France you had to, to print a paper, and if you wanted to go out, you had to, to go out just for one hour and to have the paper with you. But in Portugal, it wasn't the case. So it was a little bit better to be there. And uh, I was able to, to just go, go for a run. And 
I didn't add to check my watch, but uh, mm. I was kind of, yeah, in, was doing things on a smart way and it was okay. Surfing we couldn't, but uh, yeah, since uh, since now a few weeks we, we are allowed to to surf and it's feel, it should definitely good. Today it's it's kind of windy and not really good, but for the next few days we will have a good condition, so it's gonna gonna be sick. Awesome. So we're now in the midst of the multi-week 2020 WSL Big Wave Awards, where you're nominated for the women's biggest wave um, multiple times, which is an award you took home last season alongside overall performance. And we're gonna get to your conquests in the big wave realm, but when you and I first met, you had just gotten through the qualifying series and you were on the CT. And even that, at the time, it was only a fraction of who you were as a surfer. Um, you know, in point of fact, you were probably one of the most accomplished all-around multidisciplinary surfers on the planet. Maybe you are the most accomplished. Um, but I do want to start at the beginning and how you discovered surfing. Um, because compared to a lot of super groms these days, you kind of started a little bit later with surfing. You learned at 11. So so who got you into surfing and, and how did you start? Yeah, uh, I started surfing in, in Lacano because um, I born in Bordeaux. And it's one hour from the, from the ocean. So um, yeah, I started surfing during holidays, during my weekends, and with my family. It's my dad who learned us how to surf, my brother and I, and uh, my sister follow. And, and yeah, my family was really, really close to the nature. They really wanted to, to, to learn us how to, to swim, how to interact with nature. And uh, so we were lucky to to be able to to learn how to swim early and uh, then we my dad for him it was really important that we um, we knew how to sail as well so uh, we sailed when we was like i think we were we were six or eight and um and then yeah we went we went to lacano to to start surfing and uh so i quit sailing and uh, swimming and i i did this uh, i did swimming and sailing contests running as well so for me, this sport was for contests and surfing was more something that, that was just a hobby. I was going to the beach for all the day with my family. We, uh, we walked like 20 minutes to go in a, in a, in a beach a little bit far from, from other beaches. So it was kind of empty and uh, we just had like all the day. Uh, span in the in the beach and we had a lot of gears to to play with so it was really um, for me surfing was was stick to to really share the timing share the, the the time and share like all the day in the beach and in the ocean playing with the toys and uh, yeah it was really a, a hobby and uh, I had a lot of fun to to start surfing like an now, you mentioned that the other sports you did were your competitions and that surfing was more for yourself, but you got very, very good very, very quickly. Um, you know, you won the national longboard title in 2006, and then again in 2007, 2008, 2010, you finished runner-up at the World Longboard Championships at age 15, which is only four years after you first started surfing. So, you know, was there a point in those four years where you realized, I'm pretty good at this and I do want to compete? Yeah, it, it was kind of weird because I, I didn't want to compete and I didn't want to join a club and all of that. For me, it was just pleasure, just passion and nothing else. 
but uh, my brother uh, went to a club and during winter time we we surfed like all the day and it was it was cold uh, like I know southwest of France it's getting cold during winter time so I, I just put I just uh, registered to the club I just joined the club because I was able to get a hot shower during winter time <laughs> and but the, the guy from the club really wanted to to that yeah that I start com- competing and that but I didn't want and I didn't want because uh, for me it was an hobby and because I was kind of scared of big waves like uh, one meter and a half at this time or something like this and so so for me having a, having to 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 join the clubs that means that I will have to surf like uh, at at 2 p.m. or that I will have a, a contest on Saturday and I will have to surf just for 20 minutes and so it it wasn't my my rules uh, like for me surfing was no rules at all and you you stay all the day in the water so it was different and I didn't want. And so the club kind of fight with me for, for maybe two, two years. And they registered me, uh, they registered to my first contest. I didn't know. And they said to me, Oh, you, you, you're going to do a contest today. And, uh, and, uh, I won this contest. So I was stoked and I was like, okay, it can be fun. So, so maybe, uh, I should keep, uh, keep competing. And uh, and this, I think it was the same year or the year after that I yeah I got second in Biarritz during the at this time it was the ASP it mm-hmm. wasn't WSL yet yep uh, so it was yeah the World Championship in Biarritz so I was 15 and for me it was like wow coming from southwest of France I mean Lacano it's it's not uh, in the 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 area of of professional surfing you know in France it's Osogo you need to be in in Osogo. And uh, I was two hours driving from there, so so nobody knew me, and um, I did second, so it was a really good resist, results for sure. But yeah, I knew I didn't know about sponsorship, about media. I didn't know how to to speak English at all. I I know that I still need to improve. I don't have a perfect English at all. It's very very but good. Your English <laughs> is is much much better than my French. Yeah, my accent is strong, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so at 15, it was like, wow, I discovered the, the world and the, the world of professional surfing. So it was really interesting and everything at the same time. And and just two months before, I had um, an opportunity to join a, a, a school in a, in Bayonne that you was allowed to surf every day. And me, I was, I was still close to Bordeaux, so I just could surf during weekends and holidays. And when it wasn't raining and stormy, when my my parents wanted to to bring us to the beach, so so we couldn't surf like every day at all. So so I wanted to join this this school like this. I was able to surf every day, uh, but the school didn't want me. So I was okay. So I, I will uh, need to to wait for the weekends to be able to surf. And um, when I did this result, it was two months after the the. Um, the exams to be part of the school. They said to me, oh, in fact, we wanted you in, in the school. So I was, okay, okay. So, <laughs> so I joined the school and, um, and I, could, I could surf like every, every day and I could like little by little like uh, be introduced in the, in the professional surfing world. I mean. so, so is it safe to say that your professional surfing career all started because you just wanted a hot shower? 
kind of, but <laughs> now because my, my brother uh, was doing the, the, the training with the club and I was joining the training, in fact, but, uh, but I didn't want to join this club. So, so yeah, the, the negative points that was that I didn't add the hot shower. So sometimes I was going like <laughs> I was running and going quickly to the shower and kind of hiding and going, going back to my car, to, to the car of my parents to, to, to get dressed. But uh, so, yeah, one, one trainer, one, one guy said to me, uh, you should really register like this. You will have, <laughs> will have uh, um, you, you could get a hot shower and, and you will have access to training and everything. But for me, it was more about the, tr the, the contest with my brother. So, mm. so I didn't care at this stage about uh, being better for, for contests, for, for other. I, I just wanted to, to beat my brother at this time. Is that how you got into shortboarding? Because early on you had competitive success as a longboarder. You know, did you feel pulled or pressured either by yourself or by others to pursue shortboarding or longboarding? Or was it, was it always kind of both for you? Oh, it was all the time I, I, I surfed more on a short ball, uh, mm. I think. But during summertime, uh, yeah, sometimes I, I steal the ball of my dad, a long ball. He, he used to ride a long ball, so yeah. So my brother and I, we was fighting for the for his board when it was kind of flat or small waves. And, and yeah, as soon as I did some results with a long board, everybody kind of put me in the box or in the, in the box of long border. And then I did good results with short border, with short board. So I was like a short border. And now I'm more a big wave surfer. So for me, it's just kind of funny because for me, since the beginning, I'm, I'm just everything. I'm just playing the ocean with different boards. And, and I just want to adapt to the, to the wave. So if it's small wave and, and kind of fat, I will use my long board and, and I will have way more fun and way more opportunity to 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 learn about my surfing on a, on a longboard and if it's short hollow hollow and um, I will use my shortboard so so I prefer to to adapt to the wave but but yeah uh, with the contest uh, I start um, having good results with the longboard and I don't know for me at f at 15 when you uh, I I lost the final so for me it was like uh, not really a it was a, a good result for sure, but in the same time, uh, you are you are two in the final and, and I lost it. So, so I was like, oh, uh, I, I want to to win this contest. But in the same time, I, I was second uh, in all the world. So I was like, oh, at fifteen, if I already if I'm already second, I will not have a lot of space to improve. So I will, I prefer to to turn to shortboarding because I knew that I started mm. late. So I knew that I had a lot of um, improvement to do. And, um, and so, so I prefer to, to go like focus in, into surfing, into shortboarding, because uh, I knew that I had a lot of to, to learn and, to, and a lot of rivality, a lot of uh, good, good surfer around. And um, so yeah, I prefer this uh, harder way maybe. <laughs> Well, and, and speaking of harder ways, taking on the qualifying series, it's, it's no small thing, you know, and, and what kind of led to your decision to say, you know, I want to, I want to try to qualify through the qualifying series. I want to make the championship tour. 
Was that a decision that, you know, you and you talked about with your sponsors? Was it a goal for you personally? Like, how did that come to life? Um, yeah, it was kind of step by step. But I just remember when I entered the school, I was 16 and um, I did two years in this school. And at the beginning, uh, I didn't even know who was the world championship, who was the world champion. And um, and my friend make fun of me. And I was like, I, I just don't know because I didn't... Uh, I didn't check the, the contest and watch the contest and everything. But so little by little, because I was with all these people who wanted to be professional and uh, um, I started to, to look at the contest, but I was more into my progression and I wanted to improve my surfing. It's why I didn't watch that much the contest at this time, because I really wanted to be a better surfer. And so I was, I was lo- uh, watching like Stranger Than Fiction I, was, I think it was a yeah the 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 clip of Julian Wilson that I was watching like every night to get better at it because he, he was he's a regular photo so same as me so I was like looking at this footage and to you know to to work on on your line and everything and um, so yeah so it was little by little and then I, I got a, a better better technical level and. Uh, and I got some some good results. Uh, I won a six star, and at this time, it I was like the first European to win a six star for for girls. So I was like kind of happy, and I was okay. I, I can I can make uh, make the tour. Uh, I won a six star, so it's a, it's a possibility. And I've got some sponsor who who pay for for me to do the the tour to travel all around the world. And so um, so at eighteen, you know, you you have the sh- choice. To go to school and to go to to like higher school and uh, exam and everything, or you've got the choice to to go through surfing and to to try to to make it happen. So um, so I really choose a way to I ch- I choose uh, surfing. Yeah, I choose surfing and uh, I did this result with a six star. So I was okay. I can I can make it. So so I, I qualified kind of early. It was it was okay. I, I, I spent f- few years on the QSs, but I didn't uh, I didn't do all the contests at this time. So when I did like all the contests, I qualified. So I was I was really stopped to to qualify at this time. But then it was more tricky. <laughs> For sure, and, and I mean I'm I'm glad you brought Julian Wilson up because I was going to do the same thing because most people don't know that he was like a national longboard champion too before he became a sort of a shortboarding global superstar and. That obviously contributes to a different perspective on the wave and the ability to draw different lines. And we talk about this a lot on the podcast, but the speed and the level and the power differences between the QS and the championship tour is kind of underappreciated. What was it like from your perspective to make that jump to the CT? And and, and what was your experience like on your rookie year? Yeah, for me, it was kind of... Uh, short and uh, fast <laughs> because in fact I went to Australia to get ready for the for the first event it was snapper and um, I was in Anguri Point in Australia for a training camp for one, two weeks and um, and just one week before the event I doing a physical training I injured myself I dislocated and broken my elbow so like just one week before the the first contest, and uh, so I had to go back to France and to to go to a rehab center and um, 
So it was kind of a disaster for, for me because I was like so fit, so ready. I was starting to land some, some aerials that I was trading for. So I was just, yeah, it wasn't the time to, to get injured at all, but, but it happened. So, so I had to go back to France and I had to train. And as soon as I was in France, uh, the contest started. And I remember I was, I was in the, the hospital room uh, in my bed. And because of the jet lags, it was during the night that they, they run the, the event in Snapper. And I watched uh, the live. And I remember the hit of Silvana Lima. And at this time, she was uh, on the city. She did uh, fifth the year before. And uh, on her first hit, she injured, she injured uh, her knee. So, and I, I watched it, uh, I saw it on, on the live and I was like, no way, it's not possible, she injured herself. So, so she will have the, the injury world card and I will not because I just qualified and she, she did five, fifth the year before. So, mm. so at this time I was disaster, I was just yeah, so, so disappointed and I knew that I had to, to go through rehab like the faster that I could to go back to Australia and to go back to the to the contest and I will have to to make good results to to requalify and to 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 keep my spot on the city. So as yeah, since this day it was like so hard and I, I trained so hard every day like a lot and I kind of avoid the pain but the pain came back like all the time and and I, I remember all the doctors and everybody they didn't want to, me to to leave the rehab center because my elbow wasn't fixed at all, but I had no choice for me at this time in my head. I had no choice. I wanted to, to experience uh, the city because uh, otherwise I will have not even an opportunity to surf a hit in the city. So yeah, I, I went to, to Bells Beach and I remember it. I was really happy to, to be there and to, to, to be in my first city event. But in the same time, I was like, for, uh, it was, yeah, I was feeling so much pain, and uh, after every wave, I was kind of crying uh, because it was so hard for me to jump on the ski to go back to the to the lineup, and I was so afraid with with my arm to jump on the ski. But in the same time, paddling at every um, every movement, it's it was so painful. So I, I I had one wave crying for <laughs> for ten minutes to go back out there. One one another way, another wave, and. Yeah, it was over for me. And mm. at this time, the season was really short. So, so in July, it was already done. And that, that year in particular was a very short year because you guys had, you know, the Gold Coast, Bells Beach, Taranaki, DY, Rio, France, and then it ended at the US Open in Huntington Beach. And even if you're not hurt, like coming in as a rookie, it's very, very hard because you're facing, you know, Carissa and Sally and Steph and Tyler so early in the draw. And I think, you know, being hurt and having to work through an injury because, as you said, you saw Silvana get hurt in the first event and you, you, you rightly probably guessed that she was probably going to get the one injury wild card the following year. So you kind of ha had no choice, but very, very difficult. Oh, yeah. And, and even if, if I, I was fit uh, one week before <laughs> start snapper, I knew that the challenge was, was big. So it's, so it's why with the injury, I was like, wow, that's a huge challenge to keep my spots uh, on the city. And, and for sure, the, the girls are just ripping. And, uh, and you know, in the QS, you've got some hits 
uh, when sometimes you've got a, a easier hit, but you feel like, yeah, in the city there is no easier, easier hit. Like every hit is tough and every hit you, you need to surf like hundred percent or not, but 80% or yeah, you need to, to, to show your surfing. And you, yeah, so yeah, <laughs> it was really tricky. I remember in France, I had a really good hit, but yeah, it, it wasn't enough. You, you, you had to, to put, put the show on and, uh, and uh, I didn't, but, uh, but I had some hit with, with Steph in Australia as well, Stephanie Gilmore. And yeah, I was just so impressed how they, they deal the hit and yeah, it's, it's mentally, but physically, but also so many things. And you realize that there's so many things to, to work on the boards as well, the, the wave to get used to the wave there. All the places are so different. So, so many things. But yeah, I, I, I really liked, but it was kind of short. And, and then going back to the QSs, it's such, uh, yes, yeah, it's so hard to, to go to all these des destinations to fight on, in every contest. And, uh, and for me, the goal to make the city was already done. But I didn't have the just chance to 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 go for the rookie, to go for for ten, uh, top ten or something like this. So I was like, ha! Ah. I, I, in my mind, I, I wanted to go like the next goal was to to make the top ten, top ten or this kind of things. But I was on the QSs, so I I had to reach first uh, the city uh, again, and yeah, it was kind of tough. Like for I had four years like. Like traveling and going for this contest and you know you almost make it but no so it was mentally really hard well in those four years too something else happened for you in your career which we're going to get to but first we're going to take a quick break to get a word in from our sponsors with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart with our fighting spirit we don't just fight battles we win them marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving we do just that learn more at marines.com so it's 2012 you're in your early 20s you just had a pretty rough rookie season on the CT. You have to go back on the QS if you want to qualify. You're not really excited about that. Where is your head at at this point in terms of your surfing career? Yeah, uh, I'm still seeking of city. So my head is in the city. I'm doing the QSs, but my motivation is not, not really high. <laughs> and I'm more motivated uh, about the end of the season. Uh, because I've got some opportunity to go some in some place to chase bigger wave. So on um, the end of the season, October, November, December, it's a good time for for good session in southwest of France. So we get some bigger wave. So for me, it was an opportunity to to keep going bigger in my local sports. And um, so I was more more excited about this part of the year. And after every contest, I, I went back to, to France and to train. So I was, I was exciting about, uh, improve, improving my surfing. But, but yeah, my, my head wasn't, uh, wasn't in the QS. I, I couldn't fight. I don't know. I, I was doing all the time some mistake and 
so so many stupid mistakes and you know you're going to the next contest and you're like okay i did this mistake this this time i'm gonna do well and i'm gonna focus on uh, on on every situation and uh, i'm gonna do well but in fact you don't and you're like why why and and yeah it's, it, it was so tough and for four years and i was like kind of not not i don't know i was like uh, just focus on what I'm doing or was doing. But in fact, um, I didn't even realize that I didn't really love what I was doing. Mm. So I think it, it, it's why when, when, um, I got my, my main sponsor who, um, who didn't sign again my contract. So at the end of the year, it was, it was, uh, in Australia. Yeah. I think it was in November. It was uh, the last contest of the year. And, I kind of knew that I, I needed to qualify to maintain my contract. Mm. And I just had to do one hit and I did a really good contest. I was, I was fit. I was, I was getting good scores and I had a, a kind of easier hit. I was thinking about, uh, okay, it's going to be an easier hit. You need to, to stay focused and to make it happen. Just one more hit and you qualify. And uh, no, I didn't, <laughs> I, I didn't, uh, surf well and everything was, was wrong. And I remember I get, get out of the water and I was so sad. I was like, wow, okay. I, I lost my qualification just at the last hit of the, of the year in Australia. And my boyfriend was there and he just told me, uh, okay, I understand it's, it's sad and, uh, you should be uh, sad. Uh, it's okay, but we've got a, a good news for you. Maybe, um, there is a first uh, world championship in Jaws next week and they, you are invited. And, uh, so we, we need to, <laughs> to figure out how we, sh- we gonna go there and with which board and everything. So I was like, wow. Okay. So I just lost my, my, my contest and I gonna lost my qualification. Maybe I gonna lost my sponsor. It was the next call that I did and, uh, the confirmation was there. <laughs> they wasn't supporting me anymore. And um, even if the contest, uh, the Joe's contest was there, they didn't want it, me in the team anymore. So I was like, oh, no way. But in the same time, it was like closing a door and opening a, a, a new door. And because of this sponsor, I had not any more um, uh, obligation, obligation to, to follow the tour, to do contests. And I was more like free and free to, to, to realize what, what, really I, I love what I want to do to my life or what I really want and what I've got in deep in my heart. So it was a, a good time to, to think about, yeah, okay, now what's, what's next and what I want to achieve in life. And, uh, and this opportunity came. So I went to Jaws and, um, and yeah, and everything well, and uh, it was, uh, a crazy time for me, but I was really, really happy because uh, uh, I had this opportunity. But in Jaws, you know, like going to all the QSs, it's you, you follow the summer, you follow the small waves, kind of windy, but small conditions, summertime. And I'm going straight to big waves. And uh, uh, at this time, uh, I, I surfed my my big waves the last time, maybe one year before. So I had like one year of going for small waves and uh, going to Jaws, I was wow, so impressed uh, about the power of the wave, about the places. And uh, and yeah, wow, it was so intense to, to be there, like 
Like the next week, you are angels in the first championship of women angels. Well, so, and most most QS surfers, they don't finish their QS career and then get invited to the big wave contest at Jaws within a couple of weeks. So you mentioned earlier on that you, you didn't like big waves. Um, but then in 2013, I think I read that's when you started surfing um, Belhara which is a, a famed yes. big wave spot in the French Basque country off Saint-Jean-de-Luz for the first time. Um, can you describe the wave at Belhara for the listeners? Yeah, uh, it's in southwest of France. It's uh, three, maybe two miles from Saint-Jean-de-Luz. Um, it's, it's really kind of in the middle of the sea. Uh, you, you, you can see the, the coast. Huh? It's, it's not that far, but uh, uh, there is no rocks just underwater. So, so it's kind of weird to have got this wave in the middle of the sea and, uh, and um, it's happening maybe two, three times a year. Um, so we don't have a lot of opportunities. So all the time that Bellara breaks, it's kind of a big thing, like, wow, the, the wave wake up and uh, it's happening. So, so there is a kind of mystic uh, thing about this wave. And um, I really like this wave. It, it was a kind of my first... Uh, big spot that I went. I went to, to Ireland to surf aliens as well. And later I surfed Mulagmore. Uh, but yeah, it was a kind of my, uh, my first big wave in, in Bellara, uh, towing, because I, I didn't really tow before. And, uh, and I really liked, uh, yeah, I don't know, all the adventure around big wave. You know, it's a, it's a team sport. Uh, you, you, you share so much. It's an adventure to go there. And, uh, and then, then surfing, it's just surfing, but bigger, like bigger emotion, deeper emotion. You're going faster on the wave and, uh, you, you're getting worse wipe out as well, huh? <laughs> but, but it's a, it's a price to, to pay. Was your motivation to pursue big wave surfing driven a little bit by the, your experience on the CT and your frustration on the QS? Did you decide like, look, I'm, I'm going to kind of get over as you said, you, you weren't into big waves when you were first starting, but it's a huge leap to start surfing big waves. Like, so do you think that that had some, something to do with your motivation? Maybe, but it, it was something step by step. Like even mm. uh, in Lacano, when I was younger, uh, uh, at the beginning, I didn't want to join the club because of big wave as well. But little by little, I was like, ha, ah, why I'm scared about this? And um, ah, I don't like it. I want to, to go to, I want to surf. Uh, this wave and I want to, to surf a little bit bigger and, and every day I was like uh, setting goals uh, and my brother uh, was like okay you, you surfed a bigger condition yesterday why are you scared today and so I was like like going little by little and until that I don't even realize when but I was more attractive than scared Mm. And um, I was like, okay, tomorrow it's gonna be bigger. I can, I can test myself. I can, I can go, go surf and try, try if uh, I, I will be able to surf this condition. So, and all of a sudden, it, it was kind of something that I was looking for. And so, since that I was young, like maybe 15, 16, uh, uh, yeah, I, I was like more, more attractive by by big waves and scared. But for sure, at the beginning, I was scared. <laughs> I was definitely scared. But yeah, then I was like looking for it and attractive. And I was, oh, it's interesting. Why do I feel this emotion? Why do 
I was kind of learning how to deal your your emotion, and I, I felt that it was really interesting, really, yeah, really interesting to to learn how your emotion, how to deal with. So yeah, and 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 I really liked the adventure as well. Like in Lacano, I had to 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 paddle for thirty minutes to to go to, to go out there, and uh, it it was such a, a mission. But all the time that you you had a, a good big session. You, you had so many stories to tell, so so I liked I liked it as well. So yeah. Within the big wave community, there's been two camps or two schools that have emerged over the last few decades: um, the paddle in big wave surfing and the toe in big wave surfing. And a lot of surfers like yourself kind of cross pollinate between both of them. Do you have a preference for big wave surfing? Do you would you rather paddle or toe? Ah, for me, it's it's like a different discipline. I, mm. I like to do longboarding. I like to do stand-up paddling. I like to paddle in big condition. I like to tow in big condition. It just depends on the day. And uh, today, it's, it's huge and windy. Okay, I, I, I can't paddle in this condition. But towing, yeah, you can really have fun. You can really push your limits and learn and, and improve. So so I just, I just adapt to the condition. And and last year, with the tow event in, uh, in Nazareth, uh, I was a little bit more focused on 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 towing. Um, the year before, I was a little bit more more focused paddling. So, say sometimes of the years that I'm, I've, I've got a priority, and uh, I'm more focused on on some things. But otherwise, I just I just like to adapt to the to the condition of the day. So so for me, yes, so, so towing help you help you being a, a better paddler. And uh, paddling in, in big condition help you to to be a better surfer, technical surfer. So for me, it's it's, it's a balance of everything, and it's really important, and it helped me a lot. You mentioned that as you became more and more a big wave surfer, um, to complement the other disciplines that you you succeeded at, there's um, considerable risks with big wave surfing. What are the biggest risks for paddling big wave surfing versus towing big wave surfing? Um, yeah, it's kind of tricky because the risk with paddling in, in big waves is that you need to, to sit on a place to, to wait the wave, but in the same time, you can get the wave on the head. So you know that you really need to sit on a line, like a tricky line. And, uh, so you, you get, when, when I, I grab my gun, I know that I'm going to get get pounding for sure it's it's you you can't go go surf big wave with a gun and trying to paddle and don't get pounded um but towing is it, it, different because you don't want to get pounded because it's it's getting like bigger wave like huge giant and you so you are a little bit more focused on the wave to to make it happen to make the wave because my my main goal is to make the wave like it's it's a it's a thing that I want to do. Like for me, big wave surfing first is safety and, and making the wave. It, it's a safety way of, of surfing. And, and for sure, I, I'm, I'm getting way out and, I'm, uh, and sometimes I'm pushing the limits too much and, uh, and the wave, uh, uh, is better than me. And, and I don't, don't take the, the best line. But as soon as I get pounded for, for me, it's not a, you know, if you get a big wave and then at the end you get pounding, for me, you go underwater, you pull a canister, you lost, you know, you didn't win. So for me, after, after this, but you didn't win, but you touch your limit. Okay. 
I went too deep. Okay, I did that too much. So it's it's a really good thing to to do. Like when you fall, you 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 learn about about this. So so the next wave, I want to make it, but to go a little bit, maybe a little bit less deep. But I want to make it. And when I make the wave, I'm like, yeah, okay, it's an accomplishment, a full accomplishment. So, so towing, yeah, it's different because if you fall, it's a bigger all down. But, uh, but if you make it, it's a, a big, big feeling for sure. What's been the most intense moment or intense, scary moment for you in big wave surfing? And second question, what's been your proudest moment in big wave surfing? Well, um, my, my worst moments was in Jaws, um, 2018, November. In November and uh, during the the events, WSL event, yeah, uh, I got. We knew it was a a, a big day for sure, <laughs> and it was getting bigger and bigger. And um, I I paddled a lot in Nazare uh, this winter, so so I was really ready. I was ready to go big, and uh, I really wanted to to go big. And I got, I got one white pot at the beginning. Of, I think it was the first wave of the contest. I was, I was like, what a shame. I, I just failed on my first wave and I didn't even fail once in Nazareth during all the winter. What's happening? Another way. I was really like upset against myself. And the second wave, uh, I made it. And then the, the wave, uh, uh, broke on my bike. And, and, uh, but at the beginning, yeah, I, I got like a really huge wave. And, um, at, at, at this time, it was, uh, in container for the world record paddling. So it was really, uh, my biggest wave paddling, uh, at this stage. And, uh, the wave after, uh, I, I didn't even take it, in fact, because it was getting bigger and bigger. And the swell was, was getting bigger. And I heard everybody screaming and like, wow. So I was like, wow, a big set is coming. And I did like I, like I do so many times and that I did so many times in Nazareth. I just uh, stand on my board and jump off the board to, to go a little bit deeper underwater to, to get a little bit less punchy by, by the way. And, um, and I, I did, I did that. But this time I, I went with the wave. And like you know, big waterfall, and and I joined the, the water like wow! It was an explosion, and I was part of this explosion. And and from from my body, like everything get, I felt like everything get out of my body, my arms, my legs. I don't know. It was like wow, like an explosion, and um, and uh, it felt really really weird. And uh, at this time, I knew that uh, I had injuries. I didn't know what, but I didn't know that it it wasn't. It wasn't good, <laughs> so so yeah, I, I spent the, the other wave underwater, and when I pop up, I, uh, I had four jet ski around me, and uh, I did, didn't know what happened to, to my body, but I knew that uh, my my knee wasn't good, my 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 shoulder was was so painful as well, so so uh, it was a it was a really hard to to jump on the ski. So one ski you know, get underwater. It was just such such a mess. But I made it to the to the emergency boat, and the doctor put put my shoulder back in place, and um, and I had to to go to the boat and until the hospital. And so yeah, it was my my worst time uh, in the ocean uh, for sure in, in Jaws uh, two years ago. Yeah, was more worst worst time and best time. Best time, uh, it's tomorrow. <laughs> but be, best time, uh, it was in Nazareth. 
this winter we had like two really good swell and uh, the best swell for sure was during the the Nazareto in uh, challenge and uh, and it was yeah the for the best yeah the best day of my life for sure and the best day of my life best wave of my life biggest wave of my life like everything together in the same day and uh, and sharing that with all the team was just like so intense to 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 be able to um, to to yeah to reach this level uh, of cons- confidence between each other and uh, sharing this time it was uh, just such a, a big accomplishment and yeah yeah I was really stoked uh, about this day so stoked there's a couple more topics I want to touch on but we're going to take one more break to get a word in from our sponsors and then we'll come back. I said something earlier in this podcast about you potentially being the most accomplished multidisciplinary surfer on earth. And I think you might be. I think I think a lot of people think of Kai Lenny, but you have longboard titles, you've got big wave titles, you've got stand-up paddleboard titles, you're a CT qualifier. I don't know if anyone else in the history of surfing has achieved so much in so many different disciplines of surfing. What do you think about that? <laughs> yeah, I I I don't know. I just I just love to be in the ocean. So I I wish uh, we'll have more people like this, like water man, water woman, and um, and my explanation is just because I'm in love with surfing and with the ocean and being in the ocean, and uh, and since the beginning I I knew that it was it was something that will help me. And um, sometimes the trainer said to me, oh, you, you're not surfing that great because you do longboard. So you can t- we can tell that, that you've got this, that is not working good. And, and for me, I was like, no, all the time thinking positive. Uh, all the time I was thinking like, no, it's, it helped me, definitely it helped me. And, uh, and in big wave surfing, that's so awesome because you feel like all the sports that you are doing is helping you. And you f- you feel like everything that you've done in your life it's uh, it's because of a reason because now you you can use everything and that's that's so sick yeah because on a on a gun you've got a big board but so when you paddle okay and when you when you you are on the on the wave you need to to move a big board and me I, I'm used to move a big board because I'm used to long boards long boarding and and when you are towing you are with a short board and I'm used to, to, to do contests with a short board. So I'm used to, to, to the technique and to the lines. And because, because of the contest, I, I know how to deal my emotion. So in big waves that helped me and big wave helped me for the contest as well. So yeah, just a, a balance. And sometimes like I, I was for a few years, you are like in a, in a, I don't know, in a tunnel in, and you are not looking at like, uh, open mind and really uh, curious about life and about uh, everything in life. So, so sometimes, um, yeah, when you are too focused on some things, you 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 avoid. Uh, so sometimes, yeah, maybe today there is so many people who are really focused on shortboarding, and when you 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 let your shortboard on the beach and you jump on a, another board, you you're like ah. Oh, I'm going to miss one hour of training or something like this. But no, you, you win one hour of training because that's going to help you. And uh, it's, it's my opinion. So, that's yeah. something that comes up a lot on this podcast because we talk to a lot of current CT surfers. And I'm always asking, like, do you ever 
test different equipment or anything. And a lot of them, they just want to stay so sharp on their thruster and their shortboard, even if the waves are small or they're slow or that, you know, um, and obviously it works for a lot of surfers. I think everyone's different, but then there are other surfers out there that not dissimilar to yourself. They take different approaches to different conditions and actually by writing, you know, a longboard or a tow board or a mid length or a twin fin and a thruster, they're exploring different parts of the wave and then applying that to different boards as well. So, so there's advantages both ways, I'm sure in terms of being very consistent, but also in understanding what different boards can do in different parts of the wave and then trying to apply that to a different part of your surfing. Yeah, for sure. hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, I listened to the podcast with Sage Erison lately and, uh, and yeah, she, she did, she said that as well, but yeah, I think it's so important to to know a lot about the ocean, the tides, the winds, the, the movements of the waves, and and more you know, and more you can you, you can play with it. So so for me, yeah, even body surfing, body surfing is just so awesome. Like it's the best training for big wave for me in Nazare for sure. Like I, I'm doing it with my boyfriend, and uh, and sometimes I go in some condition that it's. It, it can be even too big for me for my skills uh, as a as a swimmer but uh, being with him it's uh, really helpful because uh, he's, uh, he used to be a lifeguard as well so he, he is uh, really good in the water so I go in some condition that it's really tricky and it's so helpful because you go you go underwater you catch wave you swim and I, yeah it's the best training ever for 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 surfing big waves so you you can think about how oh, it's the best training is going to the gym or best training is just keeping uh getting the rope and and keeping towing no best training is to to do other things but it's a balance it's not just about uh, one thing well i'm glad you brought up the training thing because like most elite athletes training seems to be a huge part of your life and i wanted to ask if you you train differently depending on the discipline, whether it's shortboard or big wave or longboarding. Because I'm not sure if you watched the the ESPN Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance, but there was a lot of yeah. emphasis on how when Michael Jordan switched from basketball to baseball, he changed his training and he changed his body because it was a different sport. And then when he changed back to basketball, he had to train differently again because it just takes different muscles. And I was wondering if that applied for you because you do so many disciplines. If if you're focusing on big wave surfing, do you train a certain way versus shortboarding versus longboarding versus stand-up paddle? Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, I'm training a different way. Like uh, big wave surfing, I want to to spend the more time in the ocean because you need to adapt and uh, you need to to feel the the nature to to be there. So body surfing is the best for sure. Uh, we're doing a lot of training with the ski, specific training. Um, in, in my uh, in my tip. In my team, Fred Davin, my boyfriend, is part of it. He's the driver. And uh, we've got uh, Clément Nantes, a friend from France. And he's a, a lifeguard as well. So they are both lifeguards and I'm a, a surfer. <laughs> and uh, it's so good because we can train uh, together about all the, the, the training, like the emergency training. The, um, if, if one surfer is unconscious, uh, how you, you get the body on the jet ski, if you are alone, if you are with two people, and we, we train on a lot of different cases. And uh, well, this, this is a special training for big wave, um, but for longboarding, I will have a total different training. And um, 
So, so it, it's really interesting because, because you, you never get bored about training because all the time it's different and you need to, to do something different. So uh, I really like it. And for, for shortboarding, skateboarding is so awesome. Maybe it's the best, best thing for, for training uh, as a shortboarder for, for at, at my point, for my point. But yeah, for big wave surfing, we, we spend a lot of time in the water and um, it depends on the conditions. Sometimes we're gonna just go, go paddle with a prone, with a stand-up and, um, and it, it depends. It depends on the, the time of the year. Like it's summertime now, I'm, I'm getting ready for, for the winter time. So, so I'm more focused uh, on big wave and uh, on my training. So we've got a lot of preparation with the materials as well, equipment. Is a, is a big thing because you need jet ski and um, a lot of gears. And so, yeah, yeah, it's, it's so complete. Like big wave surfing, you've got so many things to, to work on. And the thing that I like, you've got the human part to be confident with your team. And to be confident, you, you need to, to spend time together. You need to, to go in, in every swell and to, to, to get a lot of experience. And with this experience, you, you can build a, a pretty good confidence. Uh, it's it why during the contest, it was just so, so sick to, to have this connection with, with uh, the, the three of us and uh, to have this big connection. Like with Fred, we, we went to Nazareth since uh, four years. And with Clément, we, uh, we trained since the beginning of the year. And uh, having like uh, the contest in, in February, we, we were ready. We were like... Uh, really confident to each other, we and, um, and it was just so so awesome to to live this day together and uh, to to catch all these waves. Looking ahead, after we get through the uh, the pandemic and hopefully things start to level out in terms of travel and 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 competition, etc. What is the future for Justine Dupont? You launched a YouTube channel last year in 2019, which I highly recommend. I watched a ton of movies, uh, videos over the last week. It's very, very good. Um, are you hunting a big wave world title or do you want another crack at the championship tour? How do you view the next few years of your career from a surfing perspective? Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I still want to achieve a lot of things, but uh, we are pretty happy with the YouTube channel. Uh, and we, we like to, to do content. So uh, this is about content and we, uh, we put a video every month now. At the beginning, it was every week and it was a lot of work. <laughs> but now, yeah, going like every month, it's, it's better. And uh, we, we found our, our balance. And uh, this, this project is really great and we are happy about it. If you didn't watch, it's just in Depot on YouTube. Thanks a lot. And, uh, and then, yeah, you've got a lot of things with the social media. And um, I didn't get the world title, big wave world title. I didn't win this. So, and even about, not even about winning, I didn't get the wave that I wanted in Jaws. Mm. So I definitely want to go to go back to Jaws and to to get the, the wave that I want and uh, to get a, a good line because I got I got a huge wave there but I want to to get a, a better line there. Um, in Nazare, I want to go bigger and um, this winter I, I got like the biggest wave of my life for sure and it's a it's a huge wave like during the during the comp I think it's maybe the the biggest wave that I that I got in my life, that I surfed. But, uh, but I want, yeah, I want to, to get 
be a wave as well and better lines like surfing more the wave like um Yeah, like Kyleni and uh, Lucas Chombo and um, and Sebastian uh, Stendler, they, they are surfing so well the waves, and uh, I want to to surf uh, to surf the wave better. And um, and we'll see about the Nazareth Twin Challenge. I would love to do it with Pierre Rollet. It's a French guy, and it is yeah, he, he rips. He, he surfs so well the wave. It is a short border, so he know how to surf. So on the wave, you can you can tell like it's a it's a good surfer. And uh, I really wanted to to do the comp with him. It could be awesome. And so yeah, getting, going bigger and uh, getting uh, better lines and um, better lines on the waves. And uh, yeah, it's going to be my goal for next winter. And we never know. So yeah. No, looking forward to it. All right, we got one more segment before we go. It's called the lightning round. So we've got 10 questions. Uh, you answer them as quickly as you can. If you could only have one board set up for the rest of your life, single fin, twin fin, thruster, quad bonzer, or finless, which would you choose? Uh, thruster. But, but it's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so hard, like every board. <laughs> <But yeah. laughs> It'd be particularly hard for you. Coffee or tea? Tea. Burrito or pizza? Uh, veggie burrito, <laughs> if I can choose. <laughs> Last book you read? Um, Latitude Zero for Michael. Like it. Best surf film ever. Yeah, um, it's a little bit cliche, but yeah, unless summer. Yeah, it's a very funny one. I think a lot of people choose this one, but yeah, I really like it. They love it. That's the, the, the Rosetta Stone, I think, for all of us. One wave you never have to go back to. Um, there's no waves. But, uh, yeah, no, no wave. No waves, for sure. Because if you, I could say, I could say I could say Joe's, but in fact no I want I want really bad to to go there to go back there. So. If you only get to surf one wave the rest of your life, Nazare. <laughs> Nazare. Best person to share a lineup with. Um, Lucas, I like it. I like him. Like how he's got a really good energy in the water, and when when you've got Lucas in the water in Nazare, uh, you you know that it's going to be a, a good session. Worst person to share the lineup with? Maybe his driver, because you want to put him in every waves. <laughs> you don't want to, to share the waves. <laughs> I like that answer. Okay, last one. Finish this sentence. I will next achieve a state of happiness by... By uh, being... Keep my freedom to be myself. Yeah. Great answer. Justine Dupont, thank you so much for coming on the lineup. Thanks a lot. For having me. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed. So that's it. That's the lineup presented by Michelob Ultra Pure Gold's conversation with Justine Dupont. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks so much to Justine for her time. And be sure to check out the WSL Big Wave Awards at worldsurfleague.com backslash bigwaveawards. This episode is produced by Ryan Fawcett with artwork direction by Jason Penning. Thanks to both of them. And thanks to our sponsors for supporting these conversations. I hope you safely get some waves wherever you are. And we'll see you next Tuesday.